0: welcome to the manual good morning and welcome to july we've made it guys we are officially halfway through the year june 30th would have been halfway through the year so happy half new year uh, we're heading into the middle of our summer and, and hopefully a, a better time in how we're gonna try to navigate the new normal Everything is a new normal now. Sorry for having to add to that, but that's what we're doing today. So today, I want to do some uh, question and answers. I finally got some questions in about uh, health and wellness. Uh, it took a it took a little bit longer than I thought it would, but uh, it shows that you guys are still listening, and I really appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Trust and believe that. I really, really, really appreciate it. I never thought that I would be doing a podcast, let alone giving advice to anybody beyond uh, a work thing where I work in an industry where where we give advice and recommendations pretty much all day. So today we're going to, again, we're going to keep it um, keep it in the realm of health and fitness. And I have about 10 questions uh, that I was able to put together. There were a couple of other questions that were offshoots. I'll see if I can get to those as well. But the main ones that if there was two or three in the same line, I kind of grouped it together to make a question out of it for you guys. So, first question is: What are my thoughts about keeping consistent with goals? Okay, as so if you heard the last um, recording podcast, I don't like the word goals. Um, goals again, they indicate a kind of a, a end game. Like you're you're at your goal. What's the next goal? If you don't have a goal behind whatever goal you have, you're setting yourself up for failure. Okay you are setting yourself up for failure. You gotta have what happens next. Think of like uh, a soldier fighting a war. Soldiers only useful in their minds sometimes is that their wartime? you know, infantry, it's it's for war. After a war, if there's peacetime, they have nothing to really do. So think of it in that regard. I know it's being a little extreme, but you, you kind of get where I'm going with what I'm saying. When it comes to goals, Don't set a goal, set a milestone for yourself. If you're, if you are setting milestones, say, okay, I want to lose, let's say 50 pounds and it's going to take you roughly eight or nine months, give or take a couple different factors. Give yourself a, a mile marker, a checkpoint in the road to say, Hey, by this month, uh, or this, this day in the process, I want to be at this weight you're working towards that weight once you've done the the exact calculations to what you want you should set a milestone for yourself so when you hit that milestone you're at that mile marker the next one is coming up it's not that you've hit your goal yet the goal is 50 pounds but within the goal there are milestones that you have to achieve and overcome so remember that do not set goals for yourself set milestones where you can get basically that out of it okay that's the first question um how often, how often should you change workouts? Okay, so this one, um, I'll speak as a person that's training, and I'll speak from the uh, trainer in me. Uh, from the person that's training, it's when you get bored with doing something. When something becomes easy for you, uh, obviously, it's time to make a change because your body will, will you know, you will plateau. You will kind of hit a wall, as we like to say in the industry. If you hit a wall, then you start to see things kind of change, either strength adaptations change, or you, you're you not looking uh, the same anymore because you your body kind of got used to doing this many push-ups, this many setups, this many pull-ups, or you're benching this weight. It becomes easy for you, so you have to make an adaptation or a change. Uh, speaking to trainer in me, programming usually uh, they run on three cycles. It's a, uh, a a macro cycle, meso cycle, and they basically change within a time frame. Okay, so macro cycles usually like last like a year or so, give or take. And then you go into your meso, which is about every six months. And you have changes that are happening um, as you're going through these workouts, as you get stronger. Uh, I, I like pyramids. Um, of all the exercises in the gym that we can do, I love playing with weight. I love manipulation of weight. Taking it from, you know, if I'm doing, let's say I'm doing a, a, a close grip chest press, I might go up in weight or I might come down anyway. I might start heavy and then go low or I'll take the weight and and go through a a, a a train ride basically. We call it soul train. So I'll I'll do 30s, then 25s, then 20s. Then I'll go 20s, 25s and 30s for my first set. Okay? So I'm keeping things a little busy. I'm trying to trying to manipulate the way I'm trying to get those muscle fibers to fire and kind of get through that. So speaking as a trainer, you should train um, roughly eight to 12 weeks is when you should start changing things up, depending on how fast you're moving through stuff. Okay. Training is is up to you. Okay. You definitely have to set up a a schedule for yourself. Do not just go into the gym and freestyle, you know, go in and says, okay, you know what? I'm working on this today and stick to that unless you are you know, injured or you, you start to hurt yourself or you don't feel right, go in with a backup plan. Go in with a plan is basically what I'm saying. Don't get out the car and walk into the gym and say, you know what, I think I'll do chess today. No, don't do that. Get, get, get up as you're prepping to go to the gym, have that plan written down somewhere or you know in your head that you're gonna stick to whatever you're gonna do when you get into the gym. So as far as how often you should change up, as a trainer, it's roughly eight to 12 weeks. Uh, as a person that goes to the gym and works out, uh, I change it up frequently. I change it up every four weeks or so. Uh, I love doing circuit training, which I'll talk about a little later. Um, kind of keep it keep it going, and I love metcons. Metcons are amazing um, if you want to really push and challenge yourself. Okay, third question. Uh, you see me on IG doing different. Orthodox workout routines, yes. So, I am uh, anyone who's ever trained with me as a uh, who hired me as a trainer or trained with me as uh, a buddy or uh, watch me train. I train a little bit different than a lot of people. Um, you know, I do the same simple things that people do, but I also like to kind of incorporate things uh, in everyday life because I I mentioned this before, I like to train. For the future self, for the future me, for the me that's 56 and 66 and 76 and God willing, I want to be able to still do certain things. So I want to keep my body moving in a certain way, but it's a more natural way. So if someone is training, I had once trained someone who was a landscaper. And when I sat down and did their intake, what they basically said to me was that they need to be able to to, to have hours uh, I'm sorry, to sustain hours of standing on their feet for a long time. And they need to be able to be in a squatting position for, for most of the time and manipulating load as they walk with a wheelbarrow or uh, flower pots or whatever it is. So it's a constant rigorous routine. Now, when I first sat down with this person, it struck me as because I'm used to training athletes or I'm training someone who is, you know, doing something for some kind of event. But this person said to me, I need to train to be able to do my job, to, to be able to work for a living. And I said, wow, you know what? I never thought of that. I never thought of, you know, training to be able to do normal everyday things that people want to do. And this is something that this person had to do. They had to train to to keep working. If they were experiencing back pain, if they were experiencing um, things that are happening in their body, they're not aware of, then it would affect their way to make a living. So I was like, wow, it changed my perspective on how and why people work out because everyone has a why. Everyone has a why they want to do this. You know, it's a myriad of things of why you want to work out. So for me, you'll always see me doing something different. Um, My first approach to something different is safety. Safety is always the rule of the day, whether it's for myself or for a client. I will never give someone something that I either can't do myself or I know that they can't do, if they can't do it, they're not going to get it. Even if they ask and beg and plead, hey, Clee, can you, no, you're not ready to do that yet. Once you're ready to do that, then I'll, 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 um, I'll put you into that situation. But I love when I work with other trainers and we train each other, uh, meaning that we introduce things to each other, or we kind of work through things. And I'm like, wow, I never thought to do that. And this person will look at me and be like, yeah, that's great. I didn't think to add that. So it's a great way to us to kind of brainstorm and, and talk shop. But also use our own laboratory and be our own lab rats, so to speak. So we kind of get through things. So, yeah, if you follow my IG, uh, my, my Cleveland dot wasting page is my my what's she co- um, regular training page, which I need to stop posting double things to on that page. So I'm going to I'm going to uh, promise to put more of the coaching and workout content on that page versus just kind of what my other page gets as well because people don't follow me on my personal, personal page unless, you know, you request it. Okay, um, you, you preach about having fun or exercise. So this is the number one thing about exercising, guys. It's a unusual phenomenon but it also helps in so many different ways from physical, mental, psychological, physiological, it's a it's a metabolic, it's 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 in the realm of so many different things that when you train, you should have fun. That the number one thing is to have fun. When you go into a gym or you pull up to a gym, you should not feel anxiety. You should not feel stressed. You should not feel like, oh, my God, this is going to suck today. Because if you do, then you're doing something wrong. You're not having fun. That's what you're doing wrong. Look at your workouts as your escape. I, I like my gym is like my happy hour. If you're a happy hour kind of person who, who would go to a like a Friday's or, or something like that on a after work night. And get together with friends. Think of the gym is the same way. For me, that's our our happy hour when we go in to work out together. Or if I go in to work out by myself, it's my my escape from the world. Tune out, turn off, uh, get focused, and reset myself through a workout. I kind of like, and this is funny that I noticed this a while back, uh, talking to a good friend at the gym that I work at, William, and we phenomenal trainer by the way. Uh, you should follow him on Instagram. Uh, at Will Be Fitness. Dope dude. And the thing about it is that whether I'm angry or happy, I'm going to have the same workout. You know, some people can't work out angry. Some people can't work out when they're extremely pumped up. You know, that's why I don't really take um, pre workout stuff. You know, if I want to have fuel for working out, I just eat something prior to the workout. But I noticed for myself that, like, if I'm mad about something, I'm just gonna zone in more, but I, it doesn't affect my workout. And I hope that I didn't trick myself into now saying, "Well, if I'm upset, I should be—I should not have a good workout." A workout to me is a way for me to blow off steam, to blow off anxiety to kind of put myself in a, in a different mindset. Without it, without exercise, I don't know what I would be doing to tell you the truth because I'm not a person that suffers from se- uh, severe depression and things like that, but I do have anxiety. I do have, you know, like I'm, I'm a normal person. I, I do experience stress, you know, and my stress for me, I hold it in my shoulders. Like I'll, I'll feel like someone's pressing down on the back of my neck into my levator scapula. Like it's just like tight. And I'll, after a workout, I usually feel better because I'll do a cool down stretch after, you know, destroying myself. Um, and that's the thing. If you have fun to me, that's fun. I might sound crazy to you right now on the sound of my voice, but it's having fun. I, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy the, the next day being a little bit sore. Um, so definitely, you know, try to do things that, that you like to do. Um, like for instance, I hate to do burpees. I have a trainer. Trainers have trainers. You guys have heard me say this. I tell my trainers up front, "Hey, we do whatever you want to do, whatever you want to try, but I am not doing burpees. It's not. I just don't like them. I've never liked them. I know how effective as a training um, tool they are, but I just, I'm just not into them. I just don't like doing it. And so I, that's my, that's my caveat. That's my disclaimer. That's my like, hey, I'm not doing that. I'm going to rebel against that." Okay. So we talked about having fun with the exercise. Okay. My thoughts on overtraining. Okay. So here's another thing. So as you set yourself up for your work week, because obviously you're going to focus on your training around what you do for a living or your schedule. If you have children, um, if you are married, uh, to spend time and things of that nature, which brings me to another point. If, if you are, if you are married or you're with someone who is like fitness-minded? It's not a bad idea to a couple of days a week to get a workout with that person. Uh, it doesn't have to be your entire week working out with them, but at least one or two. It's a way to spend some time, offload, unpack, and kind of get through some stuff. And you know, it's it's fun times. You know, I, I've done it, and it's been great because again, you get to kind of work through things physically, work through things, and work stuff off. So overtraining is something that people often don't look at. Um, When you overtrain, and for those who are very new to uh, what I'm saying or new to fitness world or new to this type of lifestyle, uh, you can easily overtrain. When your body becomes super fatigued and you're still pushing through stuff, um, listen to your body. Your body has a lot of alarm systems in it, and it it lets you know what's going on. You You should not feel severely sore after a workout you know what I'm saying? Like you, you know, sore doms, which they call uh, delayed onset muscle soreness is different from an injury pain. If you feel, if you feel, um, for me, this is kind of weird. So I, I think leg days every day. That's just how I do it because I used to, you know, box and all of that. So I think bouncing around on your legs and running stairs and doing some kind of calf raise or something to that extent is every day. Okay. Now when I've had workouts with fellow trainers, Shout out to A.Z., uh, German, German, amazing trainer. She's awesome. A.Z. used to put me through a leg workout, which I thought I worked legs, and I have nice legs. I always liked, you know, my legs as a guy because uh, I am not the noodle noodle leg guy. When you know you see guys big up top and they have these skinny skinny legs, um, I was not that. I'm not that guy. Daddy gave me the genetics, and I also uh, work legs, but. To my disclaimer, I don't work legs in the gym. I work, I work them on stadium stairs. I run on the track, things of that nature. So I don't really do legs in the gym. So I took Az on a couple of times to say, "Well, put me through some of your leg workouts." <laughs> Why did I do that? So I am a person that feels DOMS about one or two days after. I'm not an immediate um, feeler of, of soreness. I'm, I might get, you know, tight, or I might feel the burning sensation in my muscles, but the next day after her her first time out with me jesus christ my legs were i felt like if i had to run to do anything if there was a zombie apocalypse that very minute or there was something i had to run from there was no way i was gonna run i was gonna have to fight to the death because i could not move i'm talking three points of contact to use the bathroom this my, my legs that's when i finally understood all these posts and these memes about leg day and i'm like oh my god you know, we did every leg exercise I can think of. Actually, just eight. We did eight, but it's eight that I'm not fully really familiar with. But we hit every every part of the leg that you can think of. So it was ridiculous. But then I realized that, you know, in in the way I train, I have to take off uh, my my two rest days. One is a passive rest day where I still do something, but um, it's not it's not as strenuous. Uh, depending on what it is, it could be just hiking, rucking. Um, wall climbing, swimming, whatever. But then there's a total rest day when I just don't touch anything at all. I don't do anything fitness related at all. Like I play video games. I might read. I might, you know, go out somewhere, hang out. But I'm not doing anything that is fitness related. I, I'm not even eating in a fitness set mindset. I'm not doing that because it's it's just my day to kind of be just done with that. So. Overtraining is something that when you your body starts to tell you that it's fatigued, it's tired, it's it's it, it can't put any more out. You know, you're training seven days a week uh, for a month. You know, you're training 31 damn days, and your body's like, listen, you know, ease up a little bit. Um, Because when you overtrain, you open the doors to uh, injuries, you open the doors to um, dysfunctional movement patterns, you open the door to a lot of things that can be adversarial to your health, basically, you're doing yourself more harm than good. So listen to your body, get rest. Uh, it's one of the things I struggle with, not on my rest day, but just rest period. Every night, ch- trying to get eight hours of sleep is a chore for me. I'm, I settle for my six hours that I've been getting since high school, but obviously I know that's not enough sleep. So I really, really, really kind of, um, love to, uh, get that under, under, um, management, but it's been a, it's been a fight for many, many years for me. Okay. So beware of overtraining, listen to your body, listen to the, to, to what it's telling you and, and do that. Okay. Uh, Okay, so it leads into the next question. What do I do for recovery? So recovery for me is a few different things. Um, If it's a strenuous month of training uh, or week of training, um, I usually do the ice bath therapy. And uh, I go old school with it. These days, these guys are doing this fancy cryotherapy stuff. No knock on it. It's just not my thing. I haven't done it yet. So I really shouldn't say it's not my thing. But I haven't been intrigued to kind of step into a cryo chamber just yet. I go old school. I get a really big 65 gallon (laughs) garbage can from like Home Depot or Lowe's and I fill it up with three bags of ice and I'll, you know, put the hose in and I'll dunk into a ice bath. Uh, it is incredible. Uh, it is very cold in the beginning, but, uh, your body gets used to acclimating to, to the water temperature and you feel amazing afterwards. If you don't have a, um, space for a garbage can, uh, whether you live somewhere that you don't have this kind of space, you can actually put it in a bathtub, fill up your bathtub, put about two bags of ice, um, turn on the water, um, let it sit for a little bit and then just ease yourself into it. It's really amazing. And that's, that's if I'm really pushing, um, pushing hard, uh i haven't done an ice bath in quite some time but that's that's kind of what my my recovery it's not my number one tool but it's it's in it's in my my uh tool tool belt so to speak um i do a massage gun um there are so many guns on the market now uh i remember with the first gun that came out was the theragun and theraguns are great but it's they're solely expensive they're about 600 for a theragun you can get a gun for half that price i got a hypervolt I paid uh, actually $100 for it on sale. It was 300, but I I got it for 100. Amazon now has a list and litany of them all over, uh, ranging anywhere from $50 to about $600. So uh, choose a gun, um, multiple heads on it. Um, I have the fork, the flat iron, um, and I have, the of course, the ball, and I also have, it's like a, a bullet. Um, if you want to really get down to the muscle and I would do this as I watch Netflix or watch a movie or just kind of hang out in the house, put, put some music on and I would just take time to just massage, you know, the the parts that hurt. So I'll do legs, um, which will be my calves, gastrocs. I would do hamstrings. I would do quads. Um, I would do my Achilles tendon and then I would do the bottom of my feet, which, you know, you need for. For walking and running, obviously, um, I'll do biceps, triceps, shoulders. Um, if I need help with my back, then I'll get assistance with getting my back done, basically. But it's a great tool. Um, it's worth the money. It, it it pays in dividends, and it's not it's not bad to have in your in your arsenal for recovery. Um, beyond that, I go old school, obviously. Um, foam rolling. I have one of the ones that have a lot of um, edges on it, so it has the the nodules on it and then I have a smooth one and then I also do trigger pointing which I'll take a lacrosse ball and kind of lay on the floor or, or in, against the wall and kind of get into the muscle to release some of that tension um so those are a few ways i do my recovery but also um mentally i would meditate um i'm a taoist as you guys know but i also meditate to kind of you know free my mind up uh and i do uh puzzle sites like luminosity um, um i kind of test my iq and see you know if i if i can do things most of the stuff i get wrong Um, Like on Mensa, but it's a way for me to actually think and put my mind in the gym. Just as you work your body out and you work your spiritual self out by releasing tension, meditating, you also work your mind out. Put your mind in the gym, you know, take, you know, half an hour to an hour a week and just, you know, go through problem solving. You know, look at things. You may not get the, the answer right, but the fact that you're using the brain power up to... Um, get yourself through a problem, it's, it's helping you cognitively, mentally. It's a great way to go about things. So uh, recovery, uh, whatever you want to do for recovery, whether it's active stretching, um, myofascial release, foam rolling, trigger pointing, uh, these massage guns or cryotherapy or cold baths, go for it. Go for it and my number one um recovery tool is massages and obviously during the pandemic i haven't been able to get out to get a massage i haven't had a massage roughly since probably around my birthday it was the last time i had a massage which is the top of this year i normally try to get once a month in i'll go pay for a massage to get done if you can't afford like massage therapy in places like that or any kind of zen place you can actually, um, if there's one near you and, I, I, you know, it, how, however you feel about this, you can contact a massage school. Yes, a massage school in your area. And what they have is students that, who are getting ready to graduate. They have to, as part of their matriculation, they have to do so many hours of work with the general public. So you can actually go into this situation, like going to like a Voltec to get an oil change or a hairdresser to get your hair done or haircut. You go in you pay t- about 20 25 dollars at, at the most and you get a great massage from someone who is taking their time to massage you and the reason that i i used to i don't live near one now but i i I've, I've been to a couple and i'm looking for a school near me now still is the fact that when someone's trying to do their best they're going by the book they're not somebody who's massaging who's been doing it for 15 years and is taking their time uh, and cutting corners and all that kind of stuff. This person is giving you their absolute best because they want to make sure that they have done whatever it is to relieve your stress, to have you walk out of there feeling your best. And it's because they're new at it and they're, and they're, they're still practicing. They're going to try to do their best to, to get it done. So, you know, don't be critical when you're, when you're, um, giving them feedback, you know, don't, don't kill them basically. Um, because, again, they're new and they're, and they're learning and they're starting out. You know, if you want to give feedback, do the old guard. The people that have been massaging for years and you look at them and be like, you've been doing this for, for 10 years, you say, and that massage was dog shit. You know, those are the people that you go in there and kill, not somebody that's brand new, just learning the, the ropes and, and trying to get things done. So massaging um, or, or massage work. And again, there's different types of massages from shiatsu to uh, deep tissue to Swedish uh, to sports, uh, a sports massage. If you haven't had one, it's a great massage because it's almost like going to the chiropractor. They, they turn you out. Okay. So going right along. Um, I'm going to save the list question and hit question for last because I want to dive into that a little bit. And we have two more questions before that. Um, shopping for meal prep. How do you go about shopping? Okay. So basically, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this or not. I probably did. So when I meal prep, um, and it's not all the time, but it's a good majority of the time I cook enough food to last me a few days. So for instance, if it's a, if it's a Sunday, I'll cook enough food to last me until Wednesday, Wednesday, I'll cook enough food to last me till Sunday. So that way I'm not cooking every night. It saves time for you having to, to get home from more, you know, from a job, get to the gym, come home try to eat it's already waiting for you ready to go you just heat it up warm it up and and you're good to go so i usually do about two to three meals and if it's three one of those meals is chili like i make a nice turkey chili i'll cut up some some um, sweet peppers i'll get some um ground um, sorry like uh, ground turkey and then i'll you know I, I might add some kidney beans or something like that but i'll make a chili where i i can have that quickly okay the other two meals would be maybe something chicken and something fish and again over the course of the days every other day i'm having something different so that way i'm not just bored eating the same thing over and over again now when you do your shopping make sure that and i talked to one of my clients uh roughly about this a couple of days ago because they had a really good question for me they said that they went and bought a whole bunch of stuff for a salad and within doing so uh, within four or five days, is the stuff that they bought is starting to wilt in the refrigerator because they kept it too long. When it comes to salads, this is my opinion. This is, you know, solely on me. I like to buy things that are fresh enough to make salads right away. So I'm going to be eating. If I buy salad stuff, I'm going to be eating salad for the next three or four days. Uh, variety, If it, whether it's turkey, shredded chicken or just straight up, you know, um, you know, something with chickpeas or, or hummus in it. I'm going to buy enough because food is what it is. You're not supposed to left leave leftovers, so to speak, for days. You should not be having something that you cooked on Sunday, leftover, and eating it on Friday. It shouldn't work like that. By Friday, you should be eating something fresher, okay, unless you made something that's going to last that long. I always think of juicing in that regard. If you make a juice, the most you can keep it under, under, uh, under refrigeration or storage is like a day or two. And even that's too long. I like to if I have to save it for the afternoon, I will make it in the morning and best believe by the afternoon that juice is gone. That's done. I, I'm over it. I'm gonna make another fresh batch going forward. So when you make make things, they've made it simpler for us because they've made the bullet blenders now for single use versus the giant um, ones back in the day where you gotta make a, a whole um a whole vat of it basically now you can just make a cup and you're good to go and you're done with that so again when you're shopping think about your economics of what you can spend and try to sparse out what you can get for that money and then make sure that you're going to eat this stuff because the longer it sits in there the worse it is and then you're not going to want to buy this stuff again because again you know it's up to you to 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 get that in basically okay and how long should I work with a trainer if I hired a trainer? All right. So this one is something that I'm um, speaking and I'll, and I'll wear my trainer hat from this. Um, and this, again, as you guys know, on this podcast, I give my opinion only. I'm not I am not casting a broad net on that. Anyone in my industry should answer this question um, because it, it's kind of like a, a, a slow, a slight balance act when it comes to economics. So we would love to have someone train with us forever it's great because we make money, but it's not ideal. It's not practical. It's not realistic. Okay. Uh, reason being is that part of my job as a trainer is to educate you along the way on what to do, how to, how to approach exercise, how to approach your nutrition, how to approach how you deal with injuries and what you should look out for. Okay. If you're hiring me to just hold your hand every time you come to the gym, I'll do that for you, but you got to realize that you're going to be paying me to be your best friend. You're literally going to pay me to do that. So it may not want to do that because there's so many people that's out there to train. I would love to have someone forever. I think the longest I've ever had one particular client or, or set of clients is probably about three or four years. And it sounds like a very long time and it is, but because some people, they just want someone to work out with. They trust who they're working out with. They trust who they hire. And I get it. I get it, you know, but I often would just kind of remind them, like, listen, you don't need me, you know, not that I don't like hanging out with you. Now, I don't like your business, but you don't need me anymore. Like You you are so far surpassed what, what we are trying to do. You've hit your goals. You've smashed those milestones, but you're still working out with me because you just want somebody to hang out with. I get it, but, you know, that's up to that trainer to, to let you go or not. The trainer should actually tell you at some point and be like, listen, Jimmy, Billy, Susan, Jan. You're set to go by yourself now. You know, I have other people that I, I need to assist. I love your business. If you want to keep continuing, but I want to let you know, I want to be full, um, full toward honesty with you is that we're, we're at that point now where you, you can do this by yourself, but there's some people they can't, they need to be motivated. They need for you to have them show up. They're paying someone to show up. So they show up. I get that. So that's how you kind of keep that, but be honest with your, with your trainer, about your level of knowledge, be honest about what you're doing, how you feel about what you're doing. Um, I implore new clients to keep a, a journal or a diary of how they feel about working out with the trainer. If they're working with trainers, you know they can just write a, a couple of lines. Thursday, I, I felt great with you know with Craig and it, it was awesome. Or you know, hey Friday, you know, you know Mike put me through this crazy workout. wasn't comfortable with it. I feel like shit. I gotta let him know. Not to do that kind of stuff anymore. So, I understand uh, from the trainer side of it of the economics, but I also understand as a person who has had trainers in the past, they get to a point where they tell you, "Hey, Cleve, man, I think I think you're good now. Like you, you know, you need to move on. You know, I love having you, but you need to move on. It's kind of a, um, uh, it could be a messy breakup, but it also could be like, listen, you know what? Let me keep you on retainer." for when I, I got to train for something or I want to do that. And that's the other thing too. If you're training for something specific, if you're an avid weekend warrior, you do all these warrior dashes, runs and, and tough mutters and, and marathons and stuff. Yeah, you need, you know, if, if you're not comfortable with the other part of your training, meaning, you know, running is running, you know, that's what you do. But strength training and um, that in that regard, you might want to leave the programming to an expert. So yeah, I would employ. you to, to hire a trainer or keep the trainer that you've gotten for that type of stuff all year round. Athletes do that. So like football players, basketball players, baseball players, tennis players, golf um, um, players, they have a trainer that they have or a team of trainers that they have because they keep them primed for their sport. So that's probably one of the only reasons why you would see someone with a trainer for 10 years. You're like, why is this guy with this? They're still training Like, what's going on? It's because they either, they have that trust factor you know, they don't want to change trainers and things like that. Boxing is where you see that a lot. Boxing is like, they'll have the same trainer for like their entire career. And then some boxers will have multiple trainers, or they'll have different trainers for different fights. I remember when Oscar de la Hoya fought Mayweather and Mayweather's senior used to train Oscar. And that particular fight He was like i cannot train you to fight my son and i understood that and i respected that that floyd senior did that he's like listen as much as i as much as you know and he didn't give floyd the secrets about oscar like he he didn't go to him and says well i i trained oscar and i know his weaknesses and this is what you should do he just kind of took himself out of the equation you know what I'm saying? And that was that was dope to me. Sorry for the sidebar, but I had, I had to mention something kind of relative to what I was talking about. So the last piece of this we're going to talk about today is about uh, two types of training that people kind of get into is um, hit training, circuit training, and getting into what they call lists. Now you guys are very familiar with with the hit training, so I'm not going to beat you in your head about that. I'm going to focus more on list cardio and what list cardio is which is um if you haven't heard of list it stands for low intensity steady state okay it's a cardiovascular um, method of cardiovascular exercise which you do uh, for aerobic activity but it's low to moderate intensity for a continuous now that's the key word a continuous and often extended period so people got to understand that it is something that you do for a while a hit session is literally like a few minutes to maybe 15 minutes, but LIST is going to last you a lot longer uh, in that regard. So you got to be prepared to sustain a level of energy. Okay. So um, to, to kind of recap, it is a continuous cardiovascular exercise and it's at a low intensity to steady pace. Okay. Uh, very important thing to know about your heart rate when you do LIST is that to try to keep the, um, the goal a heart rate 50 to 65% of your maximum heart rate. Okay, uh, if those of you do not know how to calculate what your maximum heart rate is, it's very easy. Take the number 220, 220 and subtract it from your age. Okay, that's your maximum heart rate. That's you all out sprint, all out whatever. Um, so as you guys know, the heart rate zones, which I'll go into a, on another episode, um, of how to train within your heart heart rate zones and where where the danger zones are or where you should not want to kind of um, hover around for the most part. Okay, so getting into lists, it is a um, a thing that's not for everyone because it can it, it's monotonous, and you definitely want to want to know what you're doing when you when you do this because it it involves uh, like brisk walking, running, cycling. Um, and things of that nature. I, I kind of look at, um, hitting a heavy bag as more of a hybrid of the two of hit and, um, at least out the way I do it of, of hit and list. But again, list is something that I, I do every once in a while and it has some great, great, great benefits. Uh, if you, if you're looking to do this and again, you guys can, you know, Google this stuff. I'm just going to breeze over some of the basic, um, benefits of them, of, of lists and, They kind of start with uh, a few things that you guys are familiar with. So it aids in in fat burning and fat loss. So steady state is improving your body's ability to to burn and use fat as a fuel because it's using up the the glycogen that's stored in your muscles, okay? So you definitely want to use this uh, if you're looking to do any kind of fat burning or fat loss exercises or if that's your goal, you want to get do that okay it's appropriate for all age levels so whether you're nine years old or 90 this is very effective um and it does have a way of you know it, it, it doesn't know to discriminate against how old you are or or that you just have to know that you can be in a in a state of mind and physical condition to exercise okay it's a great way to also do some recovery working out um if you're coming off injury if you're coming off something that you've um, you know, that you've you've had some adverse health effects from. So like a brisk walk versus a run, it's still gonna help you. Um, it's just a different way of doing things. You, you won't be able to flat out run yet, but it doesn't mean that you cannot work out in this regard. So it's effective way to, to deal with recovery in that regard. It also is an effective way to train for any kind of endurance event. You know, you're doing a triathlon, you're doing a decathlon, you're doing a marathon, whatever you're doing, uh, this is a great way to train your body to kind of get through that um, that process and to prime your body for the event that you're training for, okay? So again, it is a great way to, to, to do a few different things. And as with everything, it does have its drawbacks, okay? Um, the drawbacks are not um, serious, or detrimental but there are drawbacks and I think there's only three on um, that I can remember uh, the drawbacks is obviously that it requires longer cardio sessions so typically 45 minutes to 60 minutes long so look you know look to be out doing whatever you're doing for that long a bit of time 45 to 60 minutes now I I can actually lift weights for that long you know because I, I do a lot of compound work And things of that nature. So I'm not bored with being in the gym for an hour lifting weights. Some people half an hour, they're good. And then they do a hybrid or something else and and that type of thing. So when it comes to lists, be, be, be prepared and be warned that you're going to be doing this for roughly about an hour at a minimum 45 minutes. All right. The next thing drawback is it's that you might get bored (laughs) with doing this and you probably will get bored, uh, doing this. So, uh, try to, make ways, make a way to make it fun, you know, pick, pick some good music. Uh, if you're walking, you know, pick a good, a good scenic route where you can actually see and take in some views and, and, and that kind of thing, because you, you know, again, it's, it's a very, um, boring way to work out. I'm not saying that it is very boring, but it can be. Okay. And then the last is that you may increase your risk of overuse, um, injuries. So if you are, um, pushing a little bit too hard, as I mentioned earlier, in your in your training efforts, and you're doing lists as another part of of this, then you're you could be adding to that overuse. You can be adding to that overtraining. So it is very important that you listen to your body and you listen to how your body feels, and you and you kind of gauge your level of effort. Um, I always tell people, I'm know your audience. If you're training, if I'm training someone who is who is very passive i'm not gonna yell Uh, i do curse (laughs) i let them know i'm a cursor and if they not into cursing i try not to curse but i would never yell at someone who's passive to say come on let's do another." no that doesn't work for them you know i'm saying some people like a nazi some people like a drill sergeant some people like someone like a bob ross You know, guys, you know, with the painting, hey, look at these clouds over here, you know, some people like that. So you got to know your audience and know what kind of person you're training with, whether it's a training partner or you're training a client and things of that nature, because everyone doesn't respond to everything. Yelling shuts some people down. They feel inadequate. They feel embarrassed in the gym that their trainer is screaming at them from across the room. Um, So it's something that you got to understand who you're working with and not how to offend because this is how you're making money, guys. Uh, And if you're working with someone who is who has anxiety in the gym, you know, we all didn't walk into a gym knowing what to do. You know, there's people still you watching like, what the fuck are they doing? Because they just, you know, they either never sought out to get help or they just kind of figured you know, I I, I don't want to work with anybody because I don't want to shame myself or whatever it is. Uh, if you are someone who is like this, and I'm saying this from the bottom of my heart, ask for help. And the reason I say that is because I, I want you to enjoy the gym. I want you to enjoy that time that you have to yourself. I also want you to be safe and not get hurt. You know, we all watch those gym fail videos and you watch certain things. And, you know, I'm like, I hope this person is really just trying to show off for of the camera and not really doing this because other people are watching this. You know what I'm saying? Monkey see, monkey do, and I'm like, what are you doing? You're you're gonna get somebody killed in here, you know. So I definitely try to say that um, as far as it as far as it goes with the gym and, and how you're training people and how how you're working with partners. You want if you have a workout partner who enjoys working out with you, keep them coming by you know treating them with respect and not calling them names and all that, and not trying to shame them, especially if if you're in better shape than they are, or if they're in better shape than you are and you're trying to show out for them, it, it works in reverse. So be mindful, be respectful of each other, okay? I hope you guys got some um, good tips from today, and I thank you for the questions. I really, really do. I hope that you guys are going to have a safe and, um, very, well, I guess a safe holiday weekend um, if, you, if you celebrate the 4th of July. But, um, you know, I look forward to talking to you guys again, and thank you for listening to The Manual.